the Galcho Podcast, episode 97. Listeners, ciao, thanks for tuning in. This week, we'll start off by talking about one of the craziest penalty shootouts we have ever seen between Milan and Rio Ave to get into the Europa League. Uh, I know, sounds anticlimactic. It was not. It was one of the craziest games of the season. I'm going on record in saying that. We are willing to bet that it will go down as one of the most insane games of the season. And we're two weeks in. We'll also talk about the Champions League groups, which were just announced today. And we'll discuss what the hell is going on in Genoa, who have suffered a COVID outbreak. Surely this was going to happen at some point. We'll talk about what it means for them going forward. We'll also talk about whether or not such underlying medical conditions might have contributed to their 6-0 defeat at Napoli on the weekend. We'll also talk about if this puts Napoli's tie against Juve this upcoming weekend at risk. And should Juve be concerned about Aurelio De Laurentiis' big plan to infect the entire Juve squad? But we will talk a little bit more about Napoli and how they're actually playing about some of their transfers, what we expect of them this season. We'll talk about Atalanta coming in hot, firmly dismantling Lazio in a match yesterday. And we will also discuss Juve's draw against Roma at the weekend, plus a promising start. For a couple of smaller teams, we'll give some shout-outs. And Antonio Cassano, retired Cassano, is saying stuff. We'll break down what he has said about Antonio Conte and his beef with technical players and his love of wingbacks. We'll discuss all that and so much more. Listeners, stay tuned. As always, we've got a fantastic episode lined up for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Pino, take it away. Dai, let's go. Però, catenazzo che donna sei. Le donne non mi fido, il corteggiamento è un rito, troppo spesso si finisce, che una donna ti tradisce, e non mi importa se son bionde, non mi importa se son more, a me basta che siano tonde e disposte a far l'amore io da bambino, veramente fui cacciato dalla scuola perché la professoressa mi faceva molto gore quando facevo il militare, poi la moglie del tenente mi faceva le moine di una presa tra la gente, perciò bambina, se sono qui per te stasera, è una fortuna. Andiamo! Let's go, Nick. Woo! Yeet! Ric Flair, baby. Woo! Genaletti, how are you, sir? I'm feeling good, Sam. My heart, uh, my heart's not feeling so good. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling a few chest pains this afternoon, and uh, we'll probably go into tomorrow morning. But uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna recover slowly over here on my end after watching that. Uh, I don't even know what I would call a one in a million uh, performance between uh, between Milan and Rio Ave. Poor, poor, poor bastards of Rio Ave who had their their hearts crushed tonight in the Europa League playoff. But um, yeah, feeling good, feeling good. Hey, buddy, it's it's not all about Milan, man. I I always ask you how you're doing, and you straight away just talk about how you're feeling in respect to your own. Because that's how they make me Come feel, on. bro. That's that's they affect my emotions. You should know this. Listeners, welcome to episode 97 of the Calcio Podcast. Sam Adamo coming at you, and Nick Genaletti. As I, I mean, you you already kind of alluded to it, but what what a what a crazy afternoon it was for for Milan fans, but for for anyone that would have put themselves through. It was a crazy Europa League match uh, today between Milan and Rio Ave, like you, like you alluded to. I am one of those people who put myself through it, even though I'm not a Milan fan. And, and even, I, even I lost my mind. I, I, I was up in my room, and uh, at one point, for some, for some odd reason, it wasn't on uh, DAZN, even though, we, pe- even though we, we, we pay, we spend 130 yeah. bucks Canadian a year in order to get full Champions League and Europa League coverage, among other leagues. But I apparently, guess you don't the, care about the playoff games. And you know what? They would be right. They would be right under most circumstances. This is the most we've ever yeah. talked about the Europa League in the past 12 months. And what do, we normally, what do we normally do when the Europa League comes up? We'll just say, oh, fuck, you know what? We've already talked about all the City, all the Champions League shit. Well, you know what? I guess Europa League's on the chopping block. It's not going to make the cut this week because, you know, it's, 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 it's always surplus to requirement for us, I guess. And the joke has always been that we never have time to talk about the Europa League. But I think we exceptionally have to this week, bud, because, again, um, I mean, just not only was the game crazy, but the viewing experience was absolutely nuts because again, we couldn't legally get, we couldn't legally get it on the zone where we normally get our matches in Europe. So we both had to, we both had to stream the extra time, uh, on, on, the, on this really sketchy website and, <laughs> and, and it, and it kept crashing in and out. So at one point when the game went to penalties, you and I were on FaceTime together and you flipped your camera so that I could see what was going on. But then your <laughs> stream, your stream died, died. Cause your but stream, then, yeah, but then exactly. your stream died. 
And and look, I mean, right right off the bat, I mean that game, that game, that game probably. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about almost having had a heart attack. I, I would submit to you that that match probably had a more detrimental effect on Italy's elder population who support Milan than COVID did. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Not not not. Like, not it a, might be like for like. It might be like for not, like. Not not a science guy. Not a medical guy. We're, I'm a cortisone guy. So that, that's about the we're, we're cortisone guys. It's about the extent of our of our medical knowledge. But yep. I'm I'm willing to go out on a limb. I think I used that term right there and say that I would guess they're 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 they're, they're probably on par. People have uh, people having suffered cardiac episodes from from that game today. What a fucking crazy match, bro! I believe it was I believe it was twenty four penalties taken in total, twelve and twelve. Um, it's got to have been I, more than that, man. It's got to have been no. More. It was twenty four. No, it was twenty four. It was twenty four in total. And I'm wondering what the the record is for amount of penalties taken in a game. I'm I'm sure it's probably higher than that, but I want to know how much higher because it really felt like that thing was never going to end. I saw on Twitter uh, like an abbreviated version of the shootout where it was just the shots. And it was four and a half, five minutes. And it was four minutes on its own, you know? So I don't even know how long the actual one was. Probably 15. Buddy, uh, it, was, it, it, felt, it felt like it was 15, 20 minutes. I mean, we were watching, <laughs> we were watching that go on. And here's the thing. So, so we're recording this podcast on Thursday, October 1st, a little bit later this week. And uh, obviously, it's, it's Europa League Thursday. And the last playoff round before the Europa League draw takes place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, was today. Um, Milan was facing off against Rio Ave, their last, you know, the, the, the last frontier before mighty Milan uh, could, could, could sneak into Europe's second-tier competition. Um, and, uh, again, we do have a lot of other things we want to talk about, you know, just in general, uh, more broadly about Serie A, um, some news, and the actual Champions League groups, which were announced today. But we've got to start here because, I mean, this was this might go down as one of the craziest games of the year uh, of the 2020-2021 season. No, but but even even the extra time, man. I mean, Milan are winning 1-0. Rio Ave tie it up, screamer. And then the first minute of, of, of extra time, they take a 2-1 lead. And I sent out a tweet of Robert De Niro saying, fuck him, fuck him, in relation to Milan fans cursing out all other Italian teams in Europe. 30 seconds before the end of the game, and then just as I sent out the tweet with about 20 seconds left, uh, Rio Ave get a handball in the bo- – or commit a handball in the box, second soul yellow card. Crushing, soul guy, crushing, soul crushing handball. Guy, and here's the thing. I was watching this on a sketchy stream with no, no commentators. So there's no crowd noise. I got no idea what's going on. I was like, wait, what? 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 Oh, fuck. He's off. Hakan Chalunoglu slots it, and it goes to penalties. Literally last kick of the game. And, I mean, the penalties that ensued were absolutely insane. First off, I think – like seven consecutive players or eight consecutive players successfully scored. Yeah. Uh, Colombo, the kid from Milan, uh, skied it over the bar. Rio Ave's player then hit a double post to keep it going. <laughs> that, was, that double post was absolutely wild. Yeah, now, here's the thing. I think in total, I counted, including Donnarumma and their goalkeeper skying, them, skying their penalties over the bar back, back to, to back. back. There were four. There were four. Um, missed opportunities by Rio Ave to close it after Milan missed. So, I mean, the, the, the emotions on this, and I mean, one, and at one point, Donnarumma made a save and it slipped under his arm because it was torrential rain. And, yeah, it was and, crazy. Look, yeah, obviously, yeah. obviously, look, it was a crazy match. You guys are in Europe. But I mean, is it, isn't, it, isn't it a bit sad? Um, yeah, of course, of course it is. Of course it's a Like, there's something that just felt a little bit off about, like, the desperation of the, the, the mighty AC Milan in, like, the 119th minute, down a goal. Gianluigi Donnarumma's coming up, rallying the troops, saying, come on, boys, let's go. It felt like it could have been, like, a Champions League semifinal. But, yeah, no, no doubt. It was, no, but it was no a doubt. play-in to the Europa League. You're, no, Sam, you're right. There's no doubt about that. I mean, first, first of all, we are decimated with a bunch of injuries and suspensions. With Reb- actually, Rebic is both injured and suspended for this game. But, uh, but nonetheless, it shouldn't be an excuse. It's a good time to be suspended. And it, it, it shouldn't be an excuse. But look, at the end of the day, Milan's lost those kinds of games, you know, in the past more often than they've won them. And, and you know, just, just, being happy with the fact that it's going to get them a little bit more money now to close out a transfer window to help get a little bit more depth to, you know, uh, march through the rest of the season. That's what needs to be focused on, even though, yes, it was a little bit sad. 
Uh, but yeah, man, just poor, just to like finish up your poor bastards at Rio Ave, man. Oh, like, I mean, I mean, you, you couldn't make I, up a more heartbreaking way to go I, out I, between getting the, the second yellow at the end of the game to cause a handball. What I loved, yeah. right? But, but you can't draw up a, like, and then missing a more soul crushing scenario. Four, and here's four, a, chances, four chances to close it out a post, a double post, uh, <laughs> balls and ball getting skied over the net. Uh, Donnarumma made, made one save. And here's the thing. What I loved was yeah. he kept cutting away to the poor sucker on the bench. Yeah, the coach. He wasn't even no, looking. Oh, no, the, the, the guy who oh, got and, red carded. And the guy who got red carded. Who, apparently, who for some reason was allowed to sit on the bench. I don't know. When I get red carded in our beer league, uh, I, I'm, 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 told, I'm told that I have to leave the, leave the technical area. So, uh, I don't know. They, they, I guess they... they uh, they, they they forgot the rules. They forgot the rules on that one. The guy like, looked so defeated. But it was it was it was terrific because we were able to cut away to him. Or they were able to cut away with, <laughs> every every miss, him. every near miss. Yeah, and he was and he and he was he was. That's uh, low hanging fruit for the production team. That's low hanging fruit for the production team. Like when I, they when a scenario like that happens, they just go like hammer camera two on the say on the same guy, just fucking seeing him literally cry on the inside as he's watching his team miss every chance they get. And what I and what I love, I gotta say, I love, I love the uh, in general, I love bench cams because oftentimes players on the bench don't realize that they are on camera. I remember there was that one guy, I think it was the Marcus Beasley, a uh, guy played uh, for the U.S. Not, men's national team for like several years. Oh, and he was pissing like, on the like, sideline. Like, like just, just the head of his cock was just like he, he, he was just peeping it out of his shorts, taking a piss at the, taking a piss at the World Cup where they have angles of absolutely everything. Oh, uh, you remember? Um, do you remember but, that legendary, uh, fat like fourth? You know, fourth place goalkeeper and that fourth division team in England. Sutton, Uni- Su- Sutton United, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was fifth division. Pie. He was eating a meat pie on the sideline. <laughs> now, here's right, the thing. Sign, no. You yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that? He got, yeah, he got done for match fixing on that one <laughs> <laughs> because apparently some some bookie had a, had an accumulator uh, or had a wager that people could pick up as an accumulator as, or as part of an accumulator that he would eat a pie on the, uh, on the bench. So I think he got wind of it and he decided to. I don't know if he actually took out the bet and, uh, and and followed through on it, or if he was just trying to have a bit of fun with it. But I think in order to apparently, oh, I think some friends, I think some friends, they egged him, they egged him on. Yeah, they egged him on. So then I think he came out and said, "No, it was a pasty, not a pot, not a pie." Uh, <laughs> so on the technicality, he gets off. But no, um, what one one thing in the Milan game though, and we're gonna see this all through the year. So this isn't like uh, this isn't a, a point that is exclusive to. To this match i think this is a more broad point that we're going to see throughout the season with there being no fans in the stadium but what i love is given that there's no crowd noise um in 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 a lot of lower tier games like this you can hear absolutely everything that the players say which we already know about this is old news but in penalty shootouts it's amazing because you hear you hear and and, and um at one point donnarumma looked like he made a save and it slipped under his arm and stuck into the net, as I alluded to earlier. And what was unreal is you heard all the players, all the Milan players go, see, no! It was yeah. just, <laughs> so I, cool. I, I, I enjoy, I don't know, I, enjoy, I enjoyed hearing all the players kind of in, in, in unison, just, just crying out every time something happened uh, in sheer desperation or in sheer joy. But uh, yeah, anyway, so um, good, for, good for them. They're in the Europa League. Um, real quick, let's, uh, let's talk about the Champions League groups before we get to the, yeah, uh, before we get to, um, before we get to, uh, some Serie A results because there was a lot of news that we want to talk about this week for sure. So who got who More got done dirty? Who, who got done dirty out of all the Italian teams? So um, Juventus, Inter, Lazio, and Atalanta are all in the Champions League this year. They have four uh, um, Serie A. Serie A. They have four. They have four uh, four clubs being represented in the competition. So um, obviously they cannot face each other. I'm gonna. Stage. So they're in four yeah, different groups, exactly. all looking very yeah. I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with Inter being uh, Inter in Group B getting done the most dirty being matched with Real. I know it's not the Real of old, but whatever, still Real Madrid. You have Munchen Gladbach, who's a very nice team in in Germany with uh, with Marcus Thuram, and they got who a got couple drawn other... in, who got drawn as a as a um, as a tier four. Um, exactly, and they're they're and they're a nice so... team. They're a solid team, and then Shakhtar Donetsk, who's always in the competition and who always. Uh, puts up some sort of a fight that like, you know I think we saw against mm-hmm. Man City mm-hmm. last year and with Lyon right uh, just you know been in the competition for a long time so that's that's tough that's definitely a tough group for Inter where they might they may they, they very well may not get out of that group 
I made a mistake. I said that the Mönchengladbach was in the fourth tier. What I meant was they were in the, they were in the no, they were in the fourth pot. And you know, you know, oh, so they yeah. so maybe 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 people will understand a little bit more if I use the proper jargon. But yeah, you know, teams are in pot one, two, three, four based on yeah. how they finish. Typically, when you get a pot four team, you expect to get like Aupel Nicosia or like Maribor from Slovenia, but they wound up getting one of the stronger teams in Germany. So yeah, Definitely. real tough draw for them. Uh, Juventus have Barcelona, Dinamo Kiev, and Ferenc Varos in their group. Uh, an interesting group. Because I think it's really cool that Fedej Varos are back in this competition. They're one of those like hipster kind of European clubs um, from Hungary, from Budapest, who yeah. uh, who I personally love. I love I love teams from Eastern Europe just in general. I find it fascinating. It's actually a thing I'd like to do one day is visit Eastern Europe and maybe kind of like immerse myself in football culture there. But uh, obviously, the the glamour fixture here is is Barcelona against Juventus because Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo are going to be facing off against each other for the first time since 2018. So, um, obviously, we know that UEFA fixes the draw because... Yeah, I, I was going to say. Uh, but, <laughs> but you'd expect Juve to get out of this group. Uh, likewise, for Atalanta, who have uh, yep. Liverpool in their group, which is going to be a really tough one, but they've got Ajax and Michelin as well. None of those games will be easy. I think Michelin even gave Man United a hard time recently. I think it might have been the Europa League last... I mean, it was only last month, but it was technically, quote-unquote, last season. And Ajax, I mean, have, have, have lost a lot of their... Their, 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 their starters over the past couple of years. We've sh- we, you know, they've shown to be a good team um, consistently in, in, in the competition. They definitely have Europe in their DNA, uh, but they kind of made the competition, I think, by the skin of their ass, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Atalanta and, versus Liverpool is going to be so, awesome so, to watch, man. The, the, yeah. the, the intensity and the and the attacking attacking mindedness for sure. And I mean, the, 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 they're like real. they're like a mini Liverpool in a lot of ways. And you know what? A lot of people aren't really underrating, uh, excuse me, underestimating Atalanta anymore. And I think they're actually giving them quite a little bit of respect, mm-hmm. um, which I think is 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 fair. I think they're actually going to be a, a scudetto contender in Serie A this year. Um, so that's, again, really interesting group, but it doesn't look like Atalanta will have a very tough time of getting out of that one. And then you have Lazio, PSG. Uh, excuse me, I fucked that one up. I, um, um, I confused uh, Leipzig with Lazio. Excuse yeah. Me. Yeah. So, so Lazio Dortmund. have Dortmund, Zenit, and uh, Bruges in uh, Belgium. So I think Lazio could get out of that group. I don't think they will. I think Zenit and Dortmund are, are stronger teams than them overall. I think they will get out. I don't think Lazio stand much of a chance, but they... St- oh, I don't know about, I, I, I don't I, know I, about I think, much I, of a chance. I take that back. Yeah. They stand a chance, but I don't, if I yeah, put money yeah. on it, I don't think they would get out. Yeah, um, okay. But likewise, look, I mean, for Inter, I, I think Inter, even though they're a much better team than, than, than Lazio, um, in terms of depth, um, I don't want to say they're a much better team, but you know what I mean? They, they, they have... They have, um, they have. They more, definitely they are. Have, could, they're a bigger. They're a bigger. They're a bigger team. They have. They have more resources available. They've gone out and they've way know, more. a lot of people in the transfer window. A lot of players. Um, just who those players are, odd as they may be, maybe a little bit, you know, of a of, of a puzzle to some. But nonetheless, they they they've definitely got big resources. So I don't think it's a stretch to say that Inter generally would be expected to do better than Lazio. Yeah, I don't know that Inter will have an easy time in this group. And here's the thing. I mean, and we know Antonio Conte is just a, he's just a, a European bottler, right? So now, now here, here's the thing. So I, that, I wouldn't that, be sh- that rests our case. I wouldn't be shocked if Inter finished last in this group. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm fucking serious. I really don't think Conte does not like Europe. He does not care for these types of competitions. Um, we'll see. Um, matches start in a couple of weeks, uh, October 20th, but we've got an international break coming up next week before that and another couple of rounds of fixtures. So we'll get to that in due time. But uh, I will say, though, the Champions League overall, man, I mean, knockout rounds, A1, fucking injected into my veins. But the group stage, I mean, really hard, really hard to, 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 to stone, you know, stone-faced say that there is a group of death here. And I remember people were saying earlier today, oh, my God, you know, it looks like Inter are probably getting drawn into a group of death. Um, I would say that, but, but I mean, you know whatever, what? outside culture related, I would say, like, it, it would be group H. United, PSG, and Leipzig. You know, like that's that's pretty tough. Istanbul group too. Here. I mean, and the Turkish teams are traditionally fairly strong, and obviously yeah. they are they are in the competition as Turkey's representative. But how fucking underwhelming, man! I don't know. Just it's it's it it feels it feels a little bit. It feels like it's a little bit of a stretch to say any team is a excuse me any 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 team is you know has been dealt a really rough hand and is in a group of death. Um, just, just kind of a more broad observation on the state of the Champions League in general. I mean, you know, name, I'll name some of the clubs here. I mean, good for them for getting into the competition, but I mean, I don't know if, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know that it doesn't necessarily strengthen the case of, um, 
teams like, and again, I'm all for club mobility, but I don't know that it necessarily doesn't strengthen the case of people like Andrea Agnelli, who are apparently advocating for a European Super League when you have teams like Krasnodar, Midtjylland, Bruges, Istanbul, Basakshir, and Ferencvaros uh, in the competition. Um, you know, is that, is that naive of me? Am I saying that on my high horse? You know, Pichot? No, again, I think club mobility is good, but, you know, real, real, realistically, um, realistically, I don't necessarily think it's something I would want is to kill the, cha- to, to kill the Champions League, but I, I you, 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 you can see it's detractors kind of, it's detractors kind of, you know, um, pointing to the fact that the group stage is likely poised to be fucking boring overall. But at, the end, at the end of the day, they, they care about ratings, right? Uh, right, these people. So that's that, that's their main motive. Well, well that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Not wanting that club mobility, but yeah, but be, be, because because teams like teams like the ones I just mentioned aren't necessarily going to draw a ton of ratings. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Ren Krasnodar is not going to draw ratings from you know, an average football fan. I think a lot of people, I, it's a game I would watch, but I don't know that it's a game that a lot of people I know who tend to watch some football would watch. But, you know, digress. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a couple of weeks. And I'm fucking looking forward to it, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can close out this competition. And hopefully, hopefully all the travel between, you know, clubs throughout Europe won't become problematic. But, you know, uh, blinders on. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. Um, okay, Nick. Couple of points to talk about from Serie A here from this past weekend. Um, Genoa lost six nil to Napoli, uh, and and uh, there was I think apparently two Genoa players who had already had already had already begun f- displaying symptoms of COVID kind of the day of, and then after the game, several others apparently on the on the trip back uh, on the trip back felt uh, felt like shit. Uh, within 24 hours, 14 players and staff had tested positive for COVID-19. Apparently, Napoli's players were tested. Not a single one of them had COVID. So um, congratulations to Arello de la Rintis on, uh, on figuring out a way of doping on a, on a COVID test because he's, uh, he's, uh, he's probably looking to, to infect the entire Juventus team as their that's, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. Like it makes us feel like we like already. We don't know much. It's like, do we really know anything at all? How can one? How can one team be completely decimated, Dude. play the other one, and then the other team is spick and span clean? Like, and, it, I, and it's, I and don't it's not like it. they're not, it's not like they're not shaking hands and shit. I mean, you see what they're doing. They're still, you know, teams are teams are still definitely. Uh, yeah, on, on, the, on, on the on the on the on the on the pitch, I was gonna say they're not being necessarily responsible. I mean, they're assuming that oh, everyone's clean. On the pitch, yeah. They're, on they're the assu- pitch, yeah. Assume, it's assumed that you're clean. You know, if you take part in that sort of thing, if you take part in a game, it's assumed that you've tested negative, and therefore there's nothing to worry about. Ultimately, though, I think the question this begs above all else is what the fuck happens to Genoa now? Their team is decimated. So if they got a quarantine for two weeks now, I mean, it's not like they could play on the fifteenth day. You presume that they would have to come back into training for a while. What the hell happens there? I, I don't know. I I don't know. And Sam also, uh, I believe the the general game was postponed by three hours because it was Mattia Perrin that te- the the player that you're wondering about it was Mattia Perrin that tested positive for COVID, and then the kickoff got delayed, and then they decided to play anyways. Yeah. So I don't. Some, something something about that seems a little bit off. You know. Thinking about the, the the end result of, of fourteen players being, <laughs> being I, I didn't watch yeah, I, I didn't watch this game. Okay, I will be honest with you. I did not watch this game. I got the notification that Napoli won six 0 and I was like, holy fuck! What the hell happened in Genoa? Well, we got the answer the next day. The entire team was fucking was fucking debilitated. Apparently, they they felt symptoms on the bus after after the match. A- according to reports, they began feeling like shit. So, um, you know, I. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they took place in the game to begin with. I don't know if they tested negative the day before or whatnot. I have no idea. Um, obviously, again, we're not immunologists. We're cortisone guys, so this isn't uh, this isn't really our area of expertise. But I don't know what the fuck is going to happen there. But, dude, I mean, uh, again, the fact that Napoli, the fact that no Napoli players have tested positive. I mean, Andrea Agnelli should be losing his mind right now. He should be like trying to. He should be trying to call this game off for the life of him. He's working. He's working the phones at uh, where was he spotted again uh, over the weekend? Uh, at Casa Milan. Was that, uh, all, uh, at Casa, memes? At Casa Milan memes? when he pulled up with a backpack. Yes, <laughs> the the backpack in the smart suit. a smart the, backpack. I was dying at the memes that were showing the uh, the the Milan museum with seven Champions League trophies before 
before Agnelli showed up, and then and then a picture of the of the museum with all of them gone after Agnelli left. The, right, uh, because, <laughs> because the the museum. Yeah, I, I mean, at least his club is in the Champions League. But you know, who am I to who am I to who am I to judge? Um, what's the point of being in the Champions League if you can't win it? There you there you go. I mean, what's the point of being in the Champions League when you could be in the Europa League and uh, and and and, uh, and win and win an exhilarating and win playoff. win exhilarating playoffs that feel like a cup final win. Is, I mean, isn't that what sports I mean, there is, all about? Yeah, it's I mean, about the, feeling the, stuff. It's about resu- feeling stuff. The result. The result is the same. All you feel the is pain is when when Juventus loses in the Champions League. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely had to point out the fact that Genoa had fucking 14 cases. Like, what the hell is going on? Anyway, let's, uh, let's, let, let's see. Are, let's they see even gonna, are they even going to be able to field a team? Like, well, they can't. The that's, no, but they, but they can't, I think. That's the point. Like, surely they have to, surely they have to, they, they have to kind of give them a little, bit of, a little bit of a break here. I mean, they're lucky that the international break is coming up because it's going to give them, like, an extra 10 days to probably come back fine, I guess. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Um, in, in other news, Atalanta have not missed a step, buddy. They have not missed a beat. They have not skipped a beat, I should say. Uh, no, but Lazio, Lazio. Beat Lazio right out, right off, the, right off the bat. Second game, I mean, big, uh, big grudge match between the two because, of course, Atalanta beat Lazio late last year, which kind of started derailing Lazio's whole campaign. Uh, so Atalanta are 2-2, two and two, and they look really good in this one. I, I believe they beat them 4-1, to one, if I'm not mistaken. Sam, quick side note. The Genoa-Torino game that was supposed to take place on, uh, well, I guess, whatever. The, I don't know when, what day, but this weekend uh, is actually postponed. So, so that makes sense. Uh, okay, so, so that's our answer there. That's encouraging. But yeah, Atalanta, four goals against Lazio, four goals against Torino the week prior. Good on them. I mean, uh, I don't know if this is a worse look on Lazio or a better look on Atalanta. I think it's probably the latter. Um, did you watch this game, Nick? I did not. I watched the highlights, though. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I guess, yeah. I, I get. I mean, I'm, I, I, I gave my irrational, t- my completely irrational take right the uh, last episode that I thought Atalanta and the like Champions League would regress, and maybe that would show in the in the league as well. I think they're, I think they're gonna. Uh, get I'll, leave, I'll leave my, I'll leave my, I'll leave my words on that. My, I'll, leave, I'll completely eat my words on that. I think they're gonna get better, but. I, you know, now fair, the last, it's, it's early days. To be fair, it is it is early days, but all, I couldn't help but think that now Lazio balancing the uh, Lazio balancing the Champions League, and then you know having that pressure on you know wanting to be uh, a Scudetto winner again this year, you know, it's just gonna be it's gonna test their squad depth. It's gonna definitely test their squad depth, and I'm not sure that they've done enough in the recent transfer window. I know there's still a couple of days left. It's until October 5th, but I don't know. I don't see how they'll be able to sustain like uh, the, the you know, desired or the needed level of play throughout the whole year between these two competitions with the current squad that they have. But I can't help but think that. Question for you, Nick. Whose depth is gonna be more tested this year? Genoa's as they come back from COVID or Lazio's in the Champions League? We we should see when they're playing each other. Imagine, could you could you imagine Genoa coming off like uh, coming off COVID? Maybe maybe after the international break, and then Lazio played a Champions League game. Who knows? We should check on that. Um, I, I'll I'll say, I'll say well, it, it'll actually be around the same time because again, I mean, Genoa are probably going to have two weeks off here, and then they might get. I, I don't even I don't know if they're going to play the first game right out the gate again because. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be assumed that they're out of game shape and that they're going to need like a week to get back into it. So if that is the case, they're actually going to be co- like those two, those two occurrences are going to be coming to a head at the same time. Uh, they're they're right around the time when Lazio play, are they're playing. They're scheduled to play Verona, Inter, and let me see the third one, Samp. So no, they're good. They're good. No clash of the Titan, no clash of the depths there. But but Lazio will be playing in the Champions League around the time that Genoa do come back. So it'll be interesting yeah. to evaluate that. Maybe a little l- nice little experiment to uh to 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 evaluate. My hypothesis is that uh what, what is my hypothesis? Should I didn't think this through. My hypothesis is that they will both uh they will both struggle with squad depth that that one given week there. Um, hot take. Um, so look, um, Roberto Soriano, real quick shout out to him. I don't know if you saw this game against Parma, but Bologna looked real good in this one. They scored four, two of which were scored by Soriano and one was set up by him. Now, the Azzurri are playing next week. He will not get called up when Mancini calls up. No chance. But what happened to this guy? What happened to him? I remember he was a staple under Antonio Conte and he never really did anything wrong. He's been a fairly consistent starter and key cog in every team he's played for for the past few years at Sampdoria, then Torino, and now Bologna. Um, 
I used to love him. I used to sign him in football manager all the time. And a couple of years ago, I think he was linked to Man City. Um, again, not going to be one of those guys. <laughs> not going to be like probably you know half the population of Bologna that thinks that he has a shout to get called up to the national team. Um, but 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 yeah, I don't I don't know. Just he he really impre- he really has impressed me every time I've seen him play. And again, maybe I don't watch him play enough. Maybe I don't watch enough of Bologna. But I watched him the other day, and I happened to like fucking see this guy score two goals and assist. Uh, assist, assist, uh, assist! Another one, and I was like, "Holy shit, this guy!" When was he? When was he a staple in like the national? In, tw- in twenty fourteen, fifteen under Conte, I swear. He wasn't. A, he wasn't a staple. He was like 23, 24 years old. Yeah, look him up. However many caps he had were in that yeah, like, couple eight. of year period. He has eight. He has eight between twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. I don't know if I would call that a like, staple. It was like a one year period. He was a staple yeah, in that I... one year period, and he didn't get called up to the Euro for some fucked up odd reason. Anyway, um, no, good, good, Maybe good for it's him because he's not that good. Not quite hero of the week, but uh, quick, quick shout, quick shout. I'd say. Um, also, Juve tied Roma, dropped their first points of the season. Uh, Pirlo is still kind of figuring it out, I guess. A um, little bit of a weird one in this one, as Cuadrado played on the left-hand side as a fullback. Um, yeah, an inverted fullback. I, that, that was so weird. It was a battle of the inverted fullbacks as Davide Santon, the original, the OG badass, uh, the the OG badass inverted fullback, faced off on the on the opposite flank. And I gotta say, he didn't do he didn't do terribly. He did not do terribly at all. Uh, what was tough was Leonardo Spinazzola, um, another incidentally another right footed left back, um, looking real good in this game, man. As Luca Pellegrini, who we exchanged him for, is out on loan again at Cagliari, probably with COVID. Um, so so yeah, I don't know, tough one. But uh, I mean, Adrian Adrian Rabio got uh, got a red card in the second half, which kind of fucked up the plans, I think. And any substitutions that we had going forward, and Ronaldo yeah. scored a brace, beautiful uh, beautiful header, nice big jump, looking like an I'm, I'm just that. I'm just waiting to see like the next Crane. weird thing that the, the next weird tactical thing that Pirlo tries pulling off. Like I, I you look at the like the two teams he fielded and 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 the way that they're playing, it's just it's all so. I don't know. It's it's so weird. It, it it is, but I think he also doesn't quite know what he wants to do yet, and I think he's still kind of like letting his team come come to be. Um, and and he's, and again, he's very like, avant garde. He's very avant garde. I, I I don't know. I I I think I think there will be a lot of changing and experimentation. I don't know. I don't necessarily think we're going to play a three five two all throughout the year. I think at one point we'll revert to a back three, and I th- uh, excuse me to a back four, and I think we'll probably wind up playing something like a four three three or a four two three one just because of who we who we have in attack. Uh, and the fact that we have Morata now, who we want to probably play with as a punto, uh, the fact that Dybala is probably going to have to come in at some point, and I'd assume he'd maybe be a number 10, Ronaldo staying in the team, he's not going anywhere, he'll probably stay as a left winger, and I would assume that Kulujewski would be played as a right winger as well. So you put those yeah. four together, I think they might be played kind of like at Real Madrid, the way Ronaldo did with you know Benzema and maybe like Isco, uh, James Rodriguez, Gareth Bale. Um, you know, obviously they had a lot going forward. They played a four-two-three-one for a couple of years. I can go, again, like, I, I know that's very surface-level analysis, but I, I really do think that in order to get all the talent onto the pitch, he'll probably wind up playing a four of them, and then just having like two holding midfielders. I don't know if it'd be like a McKenny Bentancur, maybe a little more creativity. He'll probably throw an Arthur. But again, there's a lot of there's a lot of experimentation there. So I'm just not really worried. Just It'll a, be just interesting to see note. how we do against Napoli this weekend. So I'm I'm not saying this is Pirlo, but. If if you as like just think that a system with inverted fullbacks and you're like yeah like like you know you're just arrogant you know like it, like you're just arrogant I think I think it just comes down to that inverted I mean I, I, you you will I don't never think, convince I don't me think that an inverted was... that I'm not I'm not saying this is him I'm just saying it's a side note like Dude. you will never be able to convince me that inverted fullbacks. There's, that there's something to that that you just won't you just won't be able to convince me. You're forgetting that I play as an inverted fullback sometimes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> madness. Not surprised. I I I uh I think the biggest thing was that like the biggest thing here the biggest takeaway was that I mean he he trusted Cuadrado more than than Deshilio even though Deshilio is more adept at playing on. The left hand side. Again, I, I, I was just a side note. I wasn't you know, saying it was him. Yeah, but also, well, another another thought. What's like the most arrogant thing you could say, like tactically, that like makes you like that would make one think that they're so smart, but it, they actually don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's a good question. I really <laughs> have to think about this one. 
I, like, I would say something like, that uh, a manager, something that a manager like no, even just like, like some, does. no, like a, a just like a, a, a Joe Schmo on the couch who like rates himself, who thinks he like knows the ah, game okay, like, super okay. well, you know, like okay, okay. What's your question? Sorry, then okay, no, I'm like, gonna just like what what, what, what a, like a tactical term that you know that would make one who I just described think like oh like they're so smart and that they know the game, but in reality they have no idea what they're talking about. Like they're just using jargon. A false nine. People, people who don't know what they're talking about, but kind of play football manager or FIFA love talking about the false nine. Raumdeuter is another one. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think you, I think you pronounced it pretty well. You've accused me on this podcast of, be, of, 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 of such behavior when I talk about a Metzala, when in fact, I think that I actually, like, I think, I, I think there's a very specific role That's that Metzala can That's play. That's another good one. But, I mean, again, if you don't know what one is, and, and you've accused me of not knowing what one is, and we've argued about it on this podcast, and we were actually saying the same thing. But <laughs> digress. Uh, um, but, yeah, not, not really worried. I think this will also be a really good test for Napoli because uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to count that fucking 6-0 win against, against Genoa. They all had COVID, man. They all had fucking coronavirus. They were they were weak. They couldn't taste the grass. They couldn't. Uh, they, they they couldn't. Yeah. One, one of their symptoms their was they. Yeah. One of their symptoms was the they they forgot how to play football. You know, you, you lose your you lose your your sense of taste, smell, and ability to play football. Gennaro Gattuso came out and said that uh, Herving Lozano is showing himself to be a very important player for us. Two which goals. Is, which is Two which, goals. but you know what? Good for him because remember a couple of months ago, uh, Gattuso shot on him in training and said that he was training like shit. And I think he dropped them all together for mm-hmm. a game. Um, sent him home or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. So he dogged him pretty hard. He he really worked him. And you know what? He's 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 proven to be a bit of a son of a bitch. You know, he's he's not he's not a, he's not a little he's not a little softy who goes into his shell. He he grinded and he and he came through. So good for him. Napoli must love that because they spent big money on him. And again, they spent big money two consecutive years now. We forget that hearing Lozano was was a was a pretty big get for them, just as. Just not as expensive, not as expensive, but no, uh, no, but 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 again, they've got they've gone out and gotten some fairly good attacking depth, and they haven't really gotten rid of anyone. Again, you know, totally. Oh, yes, they have. Yes, they have. They got the they sold Alan, right? That's uh, true. That's true. I fucking completely forgot about that. Napoli no, they, fans they are gonna they Napoli fans are gonna land base me. It's you know, they're stupid, they're, stupid they're, Juventino. But Milik is as Milik's as good as gone. Yeah, but so but, but but again, they got, I, rid of, I, they got rid of Callejon's salary. They have, they have. But but, but again, no, no. But I was, I but I meant what I meant was more that they hung on to the likes of Koulibaly and they've hung on to the likes of Mertens and they've hung on. Hey, to there's the likes four days left. There's of, four days left. Who knows? They've hung on to the likes of. I was gonna say, like, listen. Obviously, I mean, we'll, we'll get to any transfer news that kind of comes up in the next couple of days, next week, as we review Serie A and kind of preview the Azzurri uh, fixtures, the friendly against Moldova and the uh, and the. Uh, the um, upcoming Nations League match against, I believe it's Holland, if I'm not mistaken. It's either it's fucking Poland or Holland. I know we're playing, we're playing, we're playing Poland all the fucking time now. Uh, feels like we 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 got Poland in the last in the last Europa League in the in the last uh, Nations League um, in the last Nations yeah. League fixture too. So that's 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 a weird that's a weird one. Apparently, yeah. So we are playing Poland next week. Uh, uh, okay, so we are we're playing Pol we're playing Poland and the Netherlands. There we go. So it's a triple header. But yeah, I think I think I don't know if I joked about this on this podcast before, but I think there's a few Irish football fans that just that just always joke about the fact that they always play Denmark now. I don't know if there are any if there are any Irish Irish listeners. I know they're actually that's that's a, that's a lie. I know we have some listeners in Ireland. I have the stats right here in front of me, so they're probably like they're probably creasing right now, laughing about the fact that they always seem to play Denmark. I think they played them in like two two playoffs, and I think they played them in the Nations League too. And it's like it's like this matrix cycle where they just where Ireland or where poor Denmark have their yeah, basic kids. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Poland are kind of are kind of on on on, tra- on track to become that. I feel like we, we face off against against Piatek. I remember remember we were joking about facing off against Piatek a couple of years ago. But now look, if Milik does wind up leaving, like again, he's not really a key cog in that team anymore. Uh you, you know again I, I don't watch as much as Napoli uh, as much of Napoli as I do Juve, but I, I I don't believe that he's I don't believe that he's done enough the past couple of years to really cement himself as a fucking like, you know, as 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 a as a crucial player in that system. And again, Kyle Holm was a little bit older. Alan was a big, conce- uh, you know, a big a big a big loss, I guess, just based on based on based on the role he played for a couple of years now. But um, no, uh, over overall, good on them for going out and getting 
getting players in attack. Not to mention the beast, the bulldozer, Andrea Petania, baby. So let's see. If Andrea Petania scores this weekend and beats Juve, I will... I will, you know what? It's, will you celebrate? No, no, I won't celebrate. But I won't be mad. I won't be mad. It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 I guess I, I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be cucked. I'd be cucked. You know, it would, it would be a cuck moment for me. But, uh, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be like a true cuck. I would accept it. I would say this is what it is. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm okay with it. Um, okay. Retired Cassano says stuff, Nick. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you saw what he came out and said the other day, but, uh, on on one of the uh, one of the classic one of the classic Italiano uh, channels, I don't know if it was Mediaset or Sette Gold or, or Sky Sport. He came out on uh, on a football show and made a couple of um, I guess contentious contentious comments about Antonio Conte and about Juve and Paolo Dybala. Did you see his comments, Nick? I did not, but I I could assume that they are probably outrageous. Uh, headliner grabs and uh, plain outright stupid. Shall we get into it? Okay, so retired Cassano said, he said, Paolo Dybala is a good player. The problem is that Juve, they act like he's a champion, a phenomenon who is different. Again, I'm kind of reading this, translating from Italian live in real time, but he says, uh, who's, who's, a, who's, of a who's of a different breed? He said, I don't, I don't, dis- I actually don't, disagree with well you know who you know who else you know who else talks about Paulo Dybala everyone wants to fucking sign him for tens of millions of euros every summer who we have to fend off he then went on to say I'll give you a chance to respond he said Ilicic on the other hand is a champion he's a real champion because he made a big difference in an average squad what do you think about that do you agree does retired Cassano have a point is Ilicic, a forty classe, and Dybala just a good player. Well, I mean, there, the there's more, but there's saying, more. The but fact that he say first. the fact that he's saying Atalanta is an average squad when you know Ilicic was playing, you know, next to the likes of uh, Zapata, uh, Gomez, and then their outstanding fullbacks. Yeah, but he was pro- but he, he's probably the most important player in that team when they were doing really well last year. He sure, contributed but, to the most goals, I think. Sure, but I, 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 I'm not going to lie, and I'm not trying to like piss you off or anything. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying about Dybala. Like, obviously, Dybala is a very talented player, and and he's shown in in prior years how good he could be, and that he could be a game changer. But you know what? Like in the last, you, you could tell me all you want. The last year wasn't a, wasn't as bad as a year for him as people. Last like, year was a very was. good year for him. He was actually voted City MVP. So, like again. Bit, I, I, a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a silly, a bit of a silly call, but it's not. It wasn't by accident. He had a very good year. In the last like two to three years, compared compared to that one breakout year that he did have, I, again, I'm not saying I completely one breakout year. He didn't have one breakout year. He had his he, breakout he was, year. You have one breakout year. Yeah, your breakout year is the year that you break out when he when you was play. <laughs> am, okay. I, am I not making sense? <laughs> no, 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 go on, go on, go on. You big, only break, you big, break it. You break brain, big brain, big brain, are. big brain power. No, I I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. No, it's just I, like, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. He, I'm not trying to trigger you. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but but maybe maybe he is be is held to in a higher regard than like he actually should be. Maybe I don't know. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he went on to say he went on to talk about Antonio Conte, saying that he hates good players. He hates beautiful players. Which you know what? I actually fucking that, that I really might not be wrong about that. Either. And here's the thing: the more Cassano speaks, the more retired Cassano says stuff. The more I actually think he 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 should speak less and just drop 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 a couple of bombs a year because he's not. I don't know that he's wrong. The past couple of times he's made comments, I actually haven't necessarily disagreed with him. So. This is a bit of a long quote here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out Nima from Sempre Inter, whose site, uh, whose site has provided me with these quotes translated from Italian. He says, above the, so he says, above all there is Ericsson. It's a madness to me to not let him play in the midfield. Real Madrid yeah, wants him, as did Barcelona. He did fantastic things in England and does it with Denmark. I can't think that in a very normal midfield like Inter, he doesn't have a place. He then recalled that Conte did not want Pirlo during his time at Juventus and also shared his thoughts on the media speculation, which has seen Inter linked with a move for Chelsea's Angolo Kante. He said, let's not forget when Conte arrived at Juve, he didn't want Pirlo, who reminded him of that with every Scudetto they won. 
Conte doesn't like players of a certain quality. Conte is a great one versus uh, is a great is great one versus one, but doesn't have a lot of quality. But Conte likes him as opposed to Eriksen, just like with Pirlo. Conte likes players like Varela, Conte, Gagliardini, and Vidal. It's normal that to win cups and leagues, you need champions. You know what? I mean, this is coming off of this is coming off of like a year now that Conte has brought in Victor Moses, Ashley Young. He's looking to bring in uh, Matteo Darmian as a fullback. How many wing backs and, and can one team accumulate? I, I, don't, I, I don't get it. I actually don't get it. He, he, does he not have like a full set of three on each side almost? I think he does. D'Ambrosio, D'Ambrosio <laughs> plays as a, as a center back a lot. Of D'Ambrosio plays everywhere. Fuck. He scored, another, he scored a winning goal against Benevento, against Benevento the other day. Honestly, for D'Ambrosio, as much as I, I, like, I like to make fun of him and everything, and as much as a lot of people like to make fun of him. I don't think a lot of people like to make fun of him. Yeah, on Twitter. No, on Twitter. Like, I know Inter fans love him, but whatever. On Twitter, you know. It was, against, it was, against, Fiorentina, it was against Fiorentina, by the way. And, uh, he, scored, he scored a last minute. Yeah. Last, he, he, scored, he was really rough in set pieces, man. The guy, guy's been a staple in, in the Inter team for the last, I don't know. Seven, don't know many, seven I years. Gonna, I was seven years. Five, I was going to say five to six, so I guess dude, it's even dude, seven. Dude, it's his seventh year. It's his seventh year. I think he's got like five goals since the month of July, all on set pieces. And he's clinical, he's solid, and he can play in two positions. Great asset to have. Again, don't, don't, think, don't think he doesn't make, don't think he doesn't make the Euro squad. There's a chance he could. Um, and I know I, we, whenever we talk about fullbacks of a certain quality, you always say, oh, you know, he's you know, so fucking underwhelming. No, I, I think, I think he's, he's proven that he could play at, at, at a certain level. And again, it's not because I'm obsessed with him and he's my, and he's my, he's my, he's my uh, you know, he's living my life as a footballer, as I've joked about on the past as recently as last week. I, I, I genuinely believe that. But yeah, he's in a, so, so, so real quick, I think they, they still have Dalbert who they're looking to get rid of. They're looking to bring in Alonso yeah, now. Dal, Dal, like they, Dalbert, they're just, yeah, they're just interchanging too, him, man. Alonso, they're just in Alonso. and out, in and out, in and out. They're just fucking interchanging him. Out one goes, in comes another. You know, and they're usually door of wing backs and, and, uh, and they're and usually the black and blue side of Milan. And they're usually people that he's worked with before. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, okay. Um, hero of the week, Nick. Do you have a hero in Stronzo or shall I go first? No, I'll go first. My, I have a double, a double hero of the week, and I'm giving them to two teams, actually. I'm giving my double hero of the week to Spezia and Benevento for winning their first games of the season so early on into the campaign, Benevento in week two. Um, I, I think they beat Sampdoria. And Spezia in this past week beating uh, Udinese, getting a clean sheet against them. Fortunately, Benevento, despite the win, have dropped out of the they top. Got, they're, now in 12, they're now in 12th place. Um, yeah, they, 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 got, they, got, they got smacked around by Inter in the last Scored two team. goals. Scored two goals yesterday. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, no, good, good on them. Good, so good, on, pe- good they're, on people. They're, yeah, they're my, they're my heroes of the week for, uh, for, for, showing, uh, for showing the rest of the league. Uh, you know, they're here to, they're here to play. Apparently, it was Spezia's first City A win ever. So, big, big hero shout to them. But yeah, Benevento came back from, I think, what was down 2 0. I believe they were down 2 0. And they scored and won 3 2. Two goals from Luca Caldirola, who we, who we talked about a couple of months ago um, on the pod. And the fact that he was coming back to City A, good for fucking him. Good for them. Uh, I like that one. My hero is, I got two as well. Um, first will be to. I don't know. I, I guess Francesco Totti is not necessarily the hero in this story, but I'll give it to Francesco Totti because apparently he spoke to a Romanista who was in a coma and upon hearing uh, Francesco Totti's voice on the phone, I don't know if he actually visited him in the hospital or if he actually just called him or FaceTimed him or something. Apparently upon hearing Francesco Totti's very distinct voice, wait, 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 Frangie, Frangie, wait, svegliati, svegliati. Uh, he woke up. Great story. Um, only in Italy. Only in Italy moment, potentially, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> Some someone <laughs> you're 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 comatose, you're comatose. You hear Francesco Totti and you just go, "Whoa, I'm good." That's he's, he's a miracle. He's a miracle worker, I guess. That's what it comes down to. I don't know if that's an only in Italy moment. That's an only in football moment. That's that's a that's a big that's a big that's a big sport fan moment is what that is right there. But imagine though being a pure Romanista like that's what's the only thing that could what's the what's the one thing that is surefire to wake up any Romanista in such a situation? Have the fucking eternal capitano gladiator. Uh, bring you up man i actually read a book about something like that in elementary school i think it was it was about this like chelsea fan who loves gianfranco zola and gianfranco zola talks to him 
I think, and, and uh, wakes him up from a coma. Very, I just thought of that right now. That is so fucking creepy. It just happened in real life. I just thought of that now. Holy shit. It's actually nuts. Um, another one is uh, Sampdoria's marketing team for posting. I'll, you know what? I, the transfer window is still, is still incomplete. There's another couple of days before it's officially closed and before we have to give this award um, you know, the official stamp of approval. But right now in first place to win the best presentation video of the summer is, for me anyway, is Sampdoria because Antonio Candreva, another wide man who just left Inter, uh, again, the, 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 fuck, the fucking rotating doors of uh, wide men at Inter never seems to end. But he, uh, he left Inter for Sampdoria and the, uh, the presentation clip was, uh, was hilarious. I know you like this one too, Nick. Yeah, this was this. It was almost like a. I think it was like a a full minute or like minute and a half presentation. It felt like a commercial. It. it, it I was waiting for like a Lavazza. Yeah, yeah. Logo to pop up at, at the end or something. So but, provide uh, the synopsis. What, what's the plot summary? Yeah, Qualiarella was basically just getting served in what looked like a whatever a, a restaurant or I don't know what, and uh, you weren't seeing the face of the waiter. Only he was fine only, dining. He was getting poured wine. He was co- he was wine, getting served coffee, multiple courses, and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, he goes, "Boy, dessert for dessert," and then camera turns to Antonio Candreva and says, basically. Again, I'll translate it. He basically goes across. He goes. He goes. He, he goes. Don't worry about it. I'll make sure you get top service or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Something, something ci, easy. Ci penso io. Ci penso io. <laughs> um, yeah, so I th- thought that was good. Uh, thrones of the week. Uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, not because they infected the entire Genoa squad, but because, um, boys, I think, we, I think we may be seeing the end of COVID. I think it may be on the out. Um, COVID really pulled a big stronzata and made a fool of himself by infecting Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We didn't talk about this yet. We talked about Milan the entire first bit of the pod, but uh, poor COVID has, has gone ahead and decided to infect Zlatan's body. So COVID now has Zlatan and, uh, and uh, Zlatan with an all-time tweet. Again, I, I, know, I know this whole, I am Zlatan, I am, a, I am Zlatan, I am a god. Lions, they do not concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. I know that whole, that whole like, persona has kind of been like beaten to death the past couple of years, but this it, is one of the, has, this is it, one of the better yeah, tweets ahead, I've ever seen. Well, he he basically <laughs> says tested tested negative tested negative for COVID yesterday, tested again today, and I'm positive. Big mistake from on on its part. I just I just I just fucked it up. But I got I got actually find the fucking quote. Yeah, COVID decided to infect me. Big mistake. <laughs> COVID COVID had the courage to challenge me. Bad idea. <laughs> but, uh, but can I? It's just side note. Uh, obviously, Ibra. I. Oh, I mean, to a certain extent, he probably does have a big enough ego where he believes some of the things that he's saying. But it's it's, it's brilliant marketing. It, it it is. It's pretty obvious that like he knows that he's marketing himself, and like we saw him in the U.S. on all those like night talk shows and stuff. Like he knows what he's doing. Like he knows it's going to get a reaction, and that it, a lot of it's in jest and it's funny. And here's the some, thing. People are so triggered when they see him tweet these I am Zlatan quotes or when he posts pictures. They're literally tweeting at him, like, grow up, you old man, 39 <laughs> years old. Like, r- relax. Here's the relax. thing. Here's the thing. It was getting old for a while because he was in MLS and because he was coming over back to Serie A and he had a big injury, you know, the last time he was in Europe at Man United. But now he's back banging in goals. And as soon as this happened, I mean, Milan fans were fucking panicking. Look at them. Look how they did today. They fucking squeaked by Rio Ave, like a fifth-place Portuguese team in the Europa League playoff, man. I mean, they, they need him. They need that 39-year-old right now. Lucas Paqueta was sold to Lyon the other day. I was going to say, you got young prospects coming in, and Zlatan is outliving them now, man. I mean, like, so, so it's, it's, fa- it's fair of him to... It's fair of him to to I think to be uh, cocky, but yeah, it's Paketas. I, 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 I think with the thrones of the week pa- to you for buying his kit. No, so listen, listen. We're gonna we're gonna set this straight here. I I never buy fake kits. I just don't do it. Like I I I, I like priding myself on buying the like authentic Milan kits off their their website every year. And that year, I'd already bought the home kit at the beginning of the year. It was. 
was the last year, I think. Yeah, two years ago. Two, year, two years ago, whenever it was. It was the year that he transferred. Yeah, it was the year. It was the year that exactly the year that he first transferred. The year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah, so I bought the home kit at the beginning of the year, but because he came and and right the 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 his first I guess three four months actually looked promising. I decided, you know what, I want to get another one, but I don't want to spend another hundred something dollars. I'm gonna fake. Lucas that was a blessing that was a blessing uh that was definitely a blessing that i decided to do that i think one gift that we could use and i think i sent it to you sam a couple of days ago you definitely spent less on you definitely spent less on that kit than i spent on my federico Maqueda kit which yeah. is crop top <laughs> yeah the the tank top the fugazi, the fugazi but, one but um the, the the gift of lucas paqueta's best moment as a milan player where he he basically uh dribbled himself into the grass and then attempted to play a header on the grass where he just kind of boom like hit his head against is that the what grass. he was doing like i a, thought it was, like a, I thought falling, it was... No, like a falling gnome like a lawn gnome <laughs> hitting grass hitting the grass that was fucking that just that sums up his entire uh his entire career with Milan. I mean, uh, I'll retweet, I'll retweet that right now. Him. I'll retweet that right now. Get at us uh, on our Twitter feed at Calcio Podcast. But hopefully, yeah. for his sake, he does well in uh, in in France. I mean, who knows uh, the French league with the with the, the little defending that He's they have. Tear the, it up the, there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? I hope he does. Just, just like, just like Memphis, just like Memphis Depay did. I mean, right, right. So, um, so, but he's my what a what a what a what a the, whirlwind at, at Milan that guy, man. Yeah, like 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 we like we said like we like we always say it's the fucking Mickey Mouse league, right? So, um, <laughs> or whatever what everyone comments under <laughs> what everyone comments under every Bleacher Report post having to do with PSG Farmers League Farmers League Farmers League <laughs> every time every time as, 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 if, as, if, as if he's gonna be going he's gonna be like joining joining a boulangerie or a, or, or a patisserie and like joining a team joining a team of bakers and and, 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 fr- and French winemakers now that's uh, that's the Luxembourg and Faroe Islands uh, <laughs> national football team um Anyway, um, oh, also, I, I'm surprised. Again, it's a very Milan-heavy episode. I'm surprised you didn't give a hero status to uh, to Alexis Salzmaker for uh, for, for 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 speaking Italian in a, in in a very. I mean, again, M- Milan Twitter is very fringe, but so a lot a lot of our a lot of our listeners who don't follow Milan probably didn't see this. I and I I see this shit because you sent it to me, but it was a good. Apparently, it was a great clip in in their game the other day when he got pulled to the ground and he was told play play joka joka and it cuts to him in his friend in belgian french accent he goes Ma come posso giocare? Come posso giocare? <laughs> so good which which, so which, which good. you love to you love to see the immersion but um anyway um okay before we wrap this up quick shout um i bought something fucking unreal yesterday i said i would give a quick story about this it's not you know nothing crazy but um i i, I bought a pair of and again, I know not everyone has played the game. I know not everyone, um, you know, is, is a boot nerd or or or, or pays attention to to the to the to this sort of aesthetic shit. But fuck, man, I mean, if if you if you remember two thousand six and you remember Fabio Cannavaro, there's a good chance you remember those crazy boots he wore. He wore Nike Air Zoom Total ninety threes. Okay, they were like red and white, and I remember them distinctly. You might remember them because they had laces off to the side. And I actually wore them as a ten year old the following season, wearing number five in U10 football. Um, for some reason, I let my father get rid of them a couple of years ago when we were cleaning out the garage. I said it was fine. I came to regret it. I fucking bought a pair. Brand new condition. I'm so excited about it, man. Um, Nick, what, what do you... Uh, if there was one thing that you could buy, like one football nostalgia piece, what would it be? Not, not necessarily something that is... Not necessarily like a game-worn item or, you know, you could buy like frames of, you know... a. a a, a picture or a jersey of a, of a player signed or some shit not necessarily like memorabilia like that but like something maybe maybe something old school that like jostles up memories for you because that was my favorite boot growing up uh, it was the first like top end boot i had the only real top end boot i had for several years before i began working and making my own money um so i don't know that's something i'm probably gonna like keep in my office like keep in the box never play in metal studs too what no, do you I have would not, i would i would never area? play in that honestly i would if i had to pick for me, so whatever. I know we've spoken about this like on the podcast before. Like personally, I have more affinity to club football than to than to national football. Even though, like, obviously, the World Cup win was fucking amazing, and like, I I, I was in Italy when it happened, and I would like, I love it. Like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But like, I personally have 
a how about I'll say like a 51%, you know, 1% more affinity to club football than national football. So I would have to like like a, like like a, like, a, like, a, like a real Italian like a really Ital- like a really Italian in Italy <laughs> who, who kind of yeah who, who's, who's, they, oh, who's definitely who's definitely I think they're definitely way more skewed toward club football in Italy. So and for me it would be the uh, it would be the 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 classic retro Milan kit and the one that has the almost what's known as now as the Adidas Originals logo. Back then, it was the Adidas logo. It was the, Adidas. the regular Adidas. Flower. It was just the Adidas logo. Looks, looks where like there wasn't a even, Yeah, exactly. A little bit. Where there wasn't even an AC Milan crest on the jersey. It was actually just the Adidas logo on one side, one star on the other side. And it was uh, very baggy. I mean, like many were at the time. And collared. And... It's it's the the kit. I I mean, it's not like I'm gonna remember the year of it exactly, but it's the kit that Maldini is always donning from a very young baby face age. We're probably within like you're the talking first like late eighties, fuck, like late eighties, early nineties. I think I'm I'm looking through right now. I believe it's the 1990 kit. So the, yeah, eight, okay. the ni- okay. ninety to ninety one. For me, that with the with the the. You know, medium-sized stripes and the bagginess, and you know the, the Maldini long sleeves too on top of it, like flowing in the wind. Like for me, that that's like that that would be my number one for sure. Respect. Yeah, I know. Get at us on Instagram at Cultural Podcast. I posted a I posted a little clip of me unboxing them again. Uh, you know, some some of you may say, "Shut the fuck up, dude! I don't give a fuck." Okay, don't, don't look at them. But 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 you know, in in it just just have a gander. I'll bet you you'll recognize those shoes. Um, and again, one of the first, one of the first ever fully synthetic shoes. Um, a couple of years after, a few years after the the, the original R nine Mercurials, I think, um, back when that was still fairly novel as an idea. And I remember they were the first really comfortable that I can remember anyway. They were the first really comfortable fully synthetic shoe. So yeah, really excited about that cop. And before we wrap up, Fanta Calcio, I want to put you on the spot here and say. You motherfucker, Nick Gentiletti. No, you, you mother- motherfucker. No, 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 we promised don't. a couple of weeks ago that we would do Fanta Calcio and that we would that we would chronicle throughout the year who's doing better. I just wanted to say, I forgot to mention it last week after week one. I wanted to say, listeners, I tried. I tried. No, you didn't. I, I, at a minimum, we are both at fault. At a we minimum, are probably both at fault. At a minimum, I will accept that. When you, when you're, when you're, but you did not make it. Four, when you're sending, when you're sending me four to five different links back to back. No, it's this one. No, it's this one. No, it's this one. No, it's this one. At now, four a.m. Can I just I say? Had, I only had until nine a.m. or whatever. I ended up clicking through two of the links. None of them led me to anywhere. Another one, I had to create. Uh, an account and, and verify it through this method that I couldn't fucking figure out. Then it was just a complete bordel, a complete bordel. I barely had any time to, to meet the deadline. You, you, told, you, you told me that we were going to create a league less than 12 hours before the deadline. So this is not only my fault for not making the deadline. It is to be fair, to be fair, we did the podcast like two days before the league started. So we had like 24 hours to make, to make this league. And it was going to be a league with you and I. I got to say, though, I mean, Syria, figure your shit out, man. Centralize it. Come up with your own fucking service. And Fabrizio Romano, I mean, you're, you're an OG. Here we go. Okay, I get it. But like he advertises this like Fanta Live um, app that he, that he uses. I couldn't fucking figure it out. I speak Italian, man. Like a humble brag, but like it, it was there was no language gap. There was just no Fanta Calcio on it. It was just like like tips on on who on who to buy, who to, who to drop. But his platform doesn't even have the option to create a league. I mean, it was incredibly it was incredibly fucking complicated. What I did basically was I sent you what I thought was a legit good option. Turned out it wasn't. So I sent you another one, and I think I repeated that process like three four times. And then yeah, I, did, I would say but then the four lo- times. But it's very easy. You just you just you, 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 just, you just go off of the last text I sent. When I say, ignore everything I sent you prior to this, this is the, this is the only true link. Well, you, you failed to, to remember that I was uh, up north and uh, you were it completely was like 2 a.m. It was 2 a.m. and I'll leave it at that. He was complete. And, and I was golfing the next day at like, like fucking 8.30, 8 a.m. I think I was teeing off. I was teeing off at 8. And I, was up, and I was up at like 3, 3 a.m. still making my team. 
and 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 I wake up the next day. No, no, no. At three a.m. you sent the fourth link, and then maybe at four a.m. you were making your team. Christ, I think that sounds that sounds more about right. So uh, another year. This is uh this is year four. This is the fourth season that we are covering City A. Seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, nineteen, twelve. This is the fourth season that we are covering City A. We have no Fanta Calcio for the people. I apologize. Uh, blame it on Nick. Nick, uh, if Nick, if Nick had only made, and you know, and you know what, I called you and I said, let's do it right now. You said, no, this isn't fair. I'm drunk. I, I can't, I can't make a team. You're going to fucking smoke me. You were, I know Nick, Nick paints a very fucking, very fucking stern alpha figure on the podcast. Like, yeah, I don't, I will, I will, I will smoke you, you little bitch. He was scared. He was scared on that. Oh phone yeah, call. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was scared. Okay. He was scared on that let's, phone. Let's, call. Re- let's refer to our fantasy Premier Premier League record head to head, and uh, and then we'll tell him he was scared. Uh, listeners, get at us on all platforms at Cultural Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Send it to your elder relatives. It is the Cultural Podcast. Subscribe to us on all platforms. If you listen all the way through, you enjoyed us. Fucking subscribe to us, man. Get notifications. No one we're posting shit. Uh, and yeah, keep sharing the love. Appreciate you guys listening to this 97th episode. Um, again, a little bit later in the week, only by the time this drops later tonight, early tomorrow, uh, match week three will be, will be right, right on our doorstep. But, um, yeah, man, looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the, the Napoli players who are surely carrying the COVID pandemic right now. Do not fuck this all up for everyone. And uh, hopefully, hopefully everything is still fine and dandy as of next week. We'll be back next week to review all City A action. We'll talk a little about the Azuri's upcoming games, their upcoming friendly Nation team matches in the upcoming international break. And until then, listeners, stay tuned. Until next time. Ciao. Ciao. Young Rich Tony, al pozzo rolli rolli, ho una bitch nuova che poppa molli molli. Young Rich Tony, al pozzo rolli, ho una bitch nuova che poppa molli. Young Rich Tony, al pozzo rolli rolli, ho una bitch nuova che poppa molli molli. Young Rich Tony.